and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to movies, video games, and television shows of our generation. Boredom, so much boredom, oh my god. Oh yes, and I am Doug Abel, <laughs> with our host again, as always, Mike Blanchard is back. Yes, no. we are continuing James Bond in January. Yes, and, and what is the film that we're doing, Mike? <laughs> Quantum of Boredom. I, I mean, Solace, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. So I don't remember, and I, I, I want to be able to give full, full credit for the Quantum of Boredom joke, but I don't remember which podcast I listened to that said it. I can't remember if it's Ian and Adam who did it on For Your Ears Only, or if it was Tom and Derek who did it on Better in the Dark. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure which which of those two podcasts actually coined the phrase quantum of boredom, but uh, that's where I first heard the phrase. <laughs> and that, that right there, folks, should tell you. It's not <laughs> just us that thinks no. this about the film. <laughs> not just us. Um, so a couple of things I want to get out of the way first. Uh, how the hell – okay – You've seen, I don't think we ever reviewed this yet, but you've seen Samuel Jackson's Shaft, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we did it together with, um... Okay. Over on the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did it, we did it. Yeah, 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 you're right. M-Wire. We, we did it, yeah, we did it on M-Wire, that's right. Okay, so, David Arnold was the composer on Shaft. He also did uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, and he did The World Is Not Enough. So he's back on the score for this movie. He did. He also did Die Another Day. He did most of the Bond uh, Brosnan stuff. He did Casino Royale apparently too. Um, but like, I don't even. I'm not even going to complain about him. He. I. I. I just wanted to point it out that he. Uh, that it's the same composer that had worked on Shaft and Shaft. Obviously, is a completely different film than James Bond, but the music in this just. I don't know what, I guess David, I guess he needed a paycheck that week. I'm not sure. But the, um, oh God. Yeah. Everything about this film, just. (laughs) Here's the thing, folks. The whole point of the Bond films, and this is coming from someone who adores the Brosnan era. This is coming from someone who the Brosnan era got me back into wanting to watch it. Like, and I've, I said this last time, I said this last year when we did the Brosnan era, I said this last time we did Casino Royale. It's one of those things where, yeah, I've seen the Connery films. Yeah. I've seen the Roger Moore films. Yeah. I've seen the Timothy Dalton films, but those were all like, I saw a lot like the, like license to kill. I remember seeing when I was 11 or 12. You know what I mean? So I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those things where I saw them when I was when I was a kid, but like I don't really connect with them as much as I connected with Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, World's Not Enough, and even even Die Another Day. Uh, this film is worse than Die Another Day. <laughs> uh, well, okay. For an example, my wife and I we we turned on the TV this morning just to see what was on. <laughs> This TV, okay, it's a channel out here in California, had a James Bond marathon that they were running. And A View to a Kill was on. Right. Okay, now for anybody who is a James Bond fan, I'm sure you've seen this film. Right. Roger Moore is in it. The villain is Christopher Walken. Yep. And that right there should make you stop and go, 
oh my god. Yeah. Okay? Just thinking about that. Christopher Walken as a villain. Mm-hmm. Now, he does a great job of it. That movie, right. a lot of people said sucked. This That was still worlds better than Quantum <laughs> of Solace. I mean, I, I, okay, so right now, if I had to pick the two worst Bond films of the entire franchise, honestly, it would probably be On Her Majesty's Secret Service and this. And this is lower than – I can't stand On Her Majesty's Secret Service, but this is even worse than that. Uh, the reason why I brought the music up first here is because I want to get this out of the way. You don't have the white stripes here. You have Jack White of the white stripes and Alicia Keys collaborating on Another Way to Die. Uh, what the hell? Like, when I, when I, when I, because I just watched this like three hours before we recorded this. I'm watching the movie. We get the opening scene. We don't get your classic Bond bullet opening because that's at the end of the fucking movie. We'll talk about that later. But it's one of those things where you get the opening scene and then it goes into the song. And I'm listening to the song. And the only good thing about the song is the fact that Alicia Keys is a damn good singer. Jack White on his own without his band. He sucks. (laughs) What is it with the Craig era and these and getting these people to see, like, don't get me wrong, I love, I love Chris Cornell. Like I said, that was one saving grace out of out of Casino Royale was, you know, my name. Uh, you know, Chris Cornell. Uh, 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 oh crap, not Black Sabbath. Um, shit, <sighs> Soundgarden. I was thinking Black Hole Sun. Yeah. Uh, you know, Soundgarden, all that stuff. But like. Uh, these next three films, and I, I and I and I know people are going to give me shit for what I'm going to say about Skyfall, but the next three films in the Craig era—this one, Skyfall, and Spectre—all of the songs for me suck, and that is bad. Well, <laughs> and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this in defense because I know that I know what's coming up here. The next one would be Adele, yeah. Adele singing for uh, Skyfall. Yeah. I, it was bad, yes. I, I won't disagree with it, but it was still better than this. Yeah, it was still better than this, but it was still bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, basically, folks, all you gotta do is keep pulling on Woody's string until he says, someone's poisoned the waterhole, because that's essentially what this entire film is. The plot centers around them poisoning the water supply. Yeah, it, 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 it all takes place, what, in Bolivia? And it just, yes. oh, God, all that eco, it was eco-terrorism at its best or worst, depending upon how you look at it. I, I, I you know, I, I would rather have seen a live action Captain Planet movie than this. Oh, God. I mean, come on. A, a live action Sly Sludge. Oh, God. Can you imagine this? Sly Sludge played by, um... John, uh, shit, what's his name? John Lovitz, okay? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, but it's like, I would rather watch all of Captain Planet as hard, as bad and as cheesy and as cliche as that environmental cartoon is. I'd rather watch that entire series than watch this movie again. Yeah, it, it, it's... Okay. You know, I, com- I complained about the action scenes in Casino Royale. 
And my main complaint about those, and my main complaint about Casino Royale, as I said last week, is it doesn't know what it wanted to, wanted to, wanted to be, whether it was supposed to be set in the future or whether it was supposed to be a Bond origin thing where he's first getting his double O. And, and this is my biggest gripe about the Craig era is that they wanted to take you back to, with Casino, as I said last week, they wanted to take you back to when he was first becoming an agent. Well, Daniel Craig is, like, if you're going to take someone back to when you're first becoming an agent, do a James Bond Jr. movie or something. Something. I mean, just, uh, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's it's like they wanted to do two things at once with this movie. I don't think they knew what the fuck they were doing. I think they just threw something together. And please get Purvis and Wade off the motherfucking writing. There are better writers out there okay. than Purvis and fucking Wade. Well, let let's stop and talk about that for just a second. Okay, <laughs> there were some problems going on with this, and a lot of this had to do with when this was being written. There was actually a writer's strike. Writer's strike, yes, yes. And Daniel Craig and Mark Forster wrote some sections themselves. Okay, that that right there. Let's stop for a second and say, Daniel Craig wrote some of this. He's a much better actor than he is a writer. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Ah, God! This is so, like- so you you mentioned Mark Forrester, who is the director. I'm looking at his filmography here. The biggest thing he's done before this, the couple of big things he did before this, was Stranger Than Fiction, which is probably one of the only Will Ferrell movies that I ever will enjoy because I'm just not a fan of Will Ferrell. He did Finding Neverland, and he did Monster's Ball in 2001. Okay, so after Quantum, he did Machine Gun Preacher, World War Z, Hand of God, which is a TV series, and then next in this year, next year, Jesus Christ, 2016. This yeah. year, he'll be doing All I See Is You. Uh, so before Quantum, we have Stranger Than Fiction, Finding Neverland, and Monster's Ball. Okay, where do they find these people to direct these movies? Like, this is one of the reasons why I wish the Bond films, instead of, like, instead of switching directors every movie or every few movies, they just switch the actors. Like, I don't, like, four films with Brosnan was great. That's fine. Yeah, I wanted more, but whatever. But, like, at this point, I... <laughs> Two films in, and I'm ready for a new Bond. Fuck Daniel Craig. <laughs> uh, it, the only thing that we have to look forward to from Quantum of Solace is that Skyfall actually does get better. It, it's better. Yeah, oh, Skyfall is great. I love Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall is great compared to this. Uh, th- there is nothing good about Quantum of Solace. And, and I know I feel like we're beating a dead horse, but let's let, let's kick in here for just a minute. The the first 10 minutes of the film, maybe 15 minutes, I'll, I'll say that, are probably the best part of the movie. There's a car chase that goes on, an awesome bit with the, with the Aston Martin. They've yeah. got a guy in the trunk, which James Bond is driving the Aston Martin. He's got a guy hidden in the trunk there as he's trying to get him away. Yeah. Uh, they get to they get back to M, and M, M's bodyguard reveals that he's a double agent. And... Yeah. That kind of happens. It's like, holy crap. Whoa. Hold on. Back up a second. And then after that, it's like, oh, here, we're going to send a hitman out. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Here's my other complaint about the Craig era to this point, and it will continue until the end of the films. 
until we get to Skyfall and Spectre. Okay. You look at all the Bond films. There's at least one major actress in every film, if not two, that one or two major actresses in every film up through Diana of the Day that we know who the hell they are. Okay. The Craig films, I know none of these Bond, quote unquote, Bond girls. Like, none of them. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Denise Richards is a horrible, horrible Bond girl, but she's better than half. At least I know who the fuck she is. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, Terry Hatcher, I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's Lois Lane. She's a Bond girl. That's kind of awesome. You know, and it's like, you know, Famke Jensen. I mean, now I know her as obviously Jean Grey and all that stuff, but like, it just, yeah, the Bond the Bond girls in in the Craig era are just they're not bad. They're just it's only because they're unknown to me. Like they've gone after yeah. they've they've tried to they they've, they've basically taken on the Christopher Reeve Superman syndrome kind of thing where it's like, hey, we're gonna and don't get me wrong, I'm not besmirching Christopher Christopher Reeve as Superman at all. I'm just saying when Donner went out and did the casting or whoever they had doing the casting of Superman, Christopher Reeve was essentially an unknown. And that's essentially what they're doing here is they're bringing in unknowns as Bond girl. I would rather see someone I, I've seen in multiple things as a Bond girl than someone that I don't even friggin' know. Or even if it's – even if they're unknown to the world of acting, if they're just like you know a hot model or something like that, I'd be uh, okay with it because oh I'm God. like – I, I I know I know, but I mean you know. It's oh like, no no! All I can think of is Giselle Bundchen as as a Bond girl. <laughs> but I mean you you know what I'm saying? If yeah. we had a you know, God help me because I'm going to be using some older swims, uh, sports illustrated <laughs> sports illustrated swimsuit models. But you know, Kathy Ireland or uh, uh, who's the one that Cindy was married Crawford. to Seal? Yeah, Cindy Crawford or something like that. Yes, the horrible actresses. But I would much rather see, you know, that for them being a Bond girl because they're on the screen and just kind of like, okay, here. I, I'd much rather see Janice Richards again. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't get a connection between, like, the whole thing with Vespa between this and uh, between this and the last movie. It's like. I didn't feel anything between the two of them. Like, even in Casino Royale, before she betrayed him or whatever, like, I didn't even feel any chemical. Like, yeah. The problem with Craig's portrayal of Bond is he's so cold. He plays up the cold angle so much, like, at least in Tomorrow Never Dies, before he left, you saw Brosnan as Bond, have some sort of feeling for the past relationship he had with Paris Carver. You know? Yeah. But, and, and, but, and that's ugh. the thing. When, when you look at all the Bonds, they've all got this the, this wittiness to them, I guess would be the best way to put it. And they, They've all got their little quips. Roger Moore, yes, it was corny. He did it. Sean Connery did it. Yeah. Uh, you know... Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, they all had their little quips that they put in that were kind of, you know, one-off things. I haven't seen anything like that, at least through these two films, that made me go, oh, Daniel Craig has a sense of humor. If they wanted to have, like, 
I, I understand one of the biggest things uh, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli or Broccoli or whatever the hell her name is, I understand that they wanted to eventually get Casino Royale remade and redone. That's fine. That's right. more than fine. But what they've done to this point and what they're going to do for the rest of the Craig era is they're trying to connect the, the four films in the Craig era to be yeah. one long giant story. Okay, And that is a mistake. You don't do the point of the James Bond movies is that you don't have like again, and I know people, I know people listening probably sick of me doing this, but I love it and I can't you look at the Brosnan films, Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. All four of them, while they all have consistencies as far as the as far as the Bond Money Penny relationship as far as the Bond-Q relationship, at least up until World is Not Enough, because sadly, obviously, Desmond Llewellyn passed away, you know, with, with the Bond and M relationship, with uh, Bond and, and Robbins, like, all the relationships have different connectors, but the stories are all individual one-shot films. I don't have to know what the hell happened in Tomorrow Never Dies to watch Die Another Day. I don't have to... And I think that's the problem with this... This era now is that they want the whole thing to be one giant long story. And the fact of the matter is, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when I, when, I was see, when I was sitting there watching this film and going through and seeing them talk about Quantum. Now, for those who haven't seen the film, Quantum is kind of the new Spectre in this film. At least that's, that's the feeling I got. This, yeah. is, this is Spectre, but it's not Spectre because we're not calling it that. Because Spectre will be along in Spectre, which was... And then they basically try to, in Spectre, and and, and I know I'm jumping way ahead here, but in Spectre they essentially try to play off Quantum as, oh, it was a substandard version of Spectre. Because, again, they try to write it into where it's all one big giant conspiracy theory. Yeah. This is not... the James Bond universe needs to be broken down into separate films. Even, I mean, even when you look back at the older Connery stuff, where they yeah. had Doctor No yeah. show up, and they had the original Spectre. Yes, they they did have ties to previous films, but it was still one shot, one plot for that film. It was not right. here. Let's make this one plot over. Umpteen million films. Yeah. Keep it like that, guys. Yeah. So, Bond eventually, where are we here? Bond goes to Italy. Uh, they, they're trying to find Quantum's headquarters. They're surveying Quantum's intended land acquisition. And all I can think of at this point, when I heard land acquisition, all I can think of is... Well, what about me, Mr. Luto? I want to have Otisville. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, seriously, they're really pulling a Superman out of this? And then, and, then, and, then, and then it goes to the whole poison the water thing, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I mean, there were the some... only The only good thing about these movies at this point is how Bond and Leiter, Felix Leiter, interact with each other. That is the only the only thing I really cracked a smile of is when Bond and and Felix are in the bar 
And he's like, oh, well, you didn't come alone. How, how much time do I have? 30 seconds or less or whatever. Like that whole exchange between the – that was what made me smile about this film. One thing is just that that exchange and – like that's what I wanted these films to be because we had Jeffrey Wright as Felix in, in Casino. I, I wanted the, these two films, Casino and Quantum, to be kind of a – James, like an MI6 CIA kind of, not necessarily team up, but just yeah. some sort of adventure with the two of them. I mean, because, uh, mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there were so many problems with this film. One of, the, one of the other big ones that I had a real issue with, the DC-3 yeah. getting shot down by the fighter aircraft, by the Bolivian <laughs> fighter plane. Yeah. And, and the Bolivian fighter plane. Here's another problem. It's a fucking prop plane. Yeah. Okay. Bolivia, I know, has got a little bit of money. Yeah. Couldn't they have some fucking fighter jets? No. They have this thing that looks like a P-51D Mustang flying through the air. Hello, we haven't seen prop planes as warplanes since nineteen, you know, 1950s, I don't think. 1940s. Come on, guys. Yeah, I I just I, uh, and of course Bond is doing these crazy things with the DC three, flipping it over and you know just outmaneuvering a fighter plane. Okay, that's like asking you know a Ford LTD piece yeah. of crap LTD to outdo a Ferrari Testarossa. <laughs> it, it just doesn't happen, folks. Yeah. Yeah, the best part about this movie is the beginning and the ending. The middle, there's a... Okay, it's like you go to a Krispy Kreme, and you go to get a cream-filled donut, except it's hollowed out, and there's nothing in the middle. That's essentially what this movie is. Yeah. Yeah, it... it I mean, just everything. The the, the drowning in crude oil with, with Raquantum murders fields... With that, the, the the cells that are blowing up at the base at the end. Yeah. Uh, this movie had a $200 million budget. The box office for it was $586.1 million. It only made $300 million out of its budget <laughs> over its original budget. That's, that's a little ridiculous. And I, and I know all movies around this time were, because this got released in the U.S. in November of 2008, and obviously that's right before the writer's strike, or right as the writer's strike was about. I get that. Don't get me wrong. I do. But, like, oh, just, I, I, I remember after I saw this the first time, I never wanted to watch another Bond movie ever again. Yeah. I, until, I, until, until, of course, I saw the trailer for Skyfall. But that's neither here nor there. Well, and here's my problem, is that when I saw this, okay, I saw it out of sequence, unfortunately. I never actually saw Quantum Solace before Skyfall. So I went and saw Skyfall because everybody's like, oh my god, you've got to go see it. It's it's James Bond coming back. You know, it's uh-huh. the James Bond we all love and remember. So I'm like, okay, great. I went to go see it opening night with some friends of mine. Right. And then they're like, oh, you're not missing much by not seeing Quantum of Solace. And I said, okay. <laughs> well, I had no idea. And then you suggested we do James Bond January again. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. This will give me a chance to see Quantum of Solace. And I got all excited. 
Well, and after we did Bond, after we did Brosnan last year, I think somebody, I forget who it was, was going to ask us if we were going to do it again. And I'm like, okay, well, sure, because 24 is supposed to come out at the time. Last year it was, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it was supposed to come out and whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, we can do the Craig era. We can suffer through that, I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I was kind of excited about it. And then yeah. I saw this and I went, oh, God, this is a steaming dog turd. This is, uh, like, yeah. like you said, the best parts of it. The beginning with the car chase and the oh. very end when Bond takes and leaves Green out in the middle of the desert with a can of engine oil to drink. Yeah. And, and that was it. And it's kind of like, okay, cool, great, you know. But, yeah. What I wanted to see out of this at the end was I needed to see him get in the classic Aston Martin. Like that's like when I, when I watched this film today, just before we recorded this, I could have sworn he didn't do it because he didn't show it. But I could have sworn at the end of this, we see him get into the classic Aston Martin when he drops her necklace. And I'm like, wait, well, don't get me wrong. I love the end scene. I love the exchange between him and M. But that's really honestly the other thing that I have a problem with is that as I've already said, and I know I'm a broken record here, this 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 era tries to connect everything. The story, the characters, everything. And they're trying to tell us that even though Casino Royale was his first adventure as a double O, that because Judy Dench, everyone loves her as M, that she is being brought over from the Brosnan era into the Craig era, and it's supposed to be one long, giant run for her until Skyfall. And this is why I love Skyfall so much is that, and don't get me wrong, like I said, I love Judy Dench as M. She was amazing in the Brosnan films and she's amazing here. But the one thing I love about Skyfall is we finally get back to the basics. And this is one of the reasons why I say Skyfall should have been the first in the Craig era is because it's essentially starting everything over. That was, that was my... The whole thing I thought was, oh my god! So we're getting a whole new Bond. We're getting, you know, that they're, they're wanting to go in a completely different direction than what they were doing with with the Brosnan era, and whatever. And you know, we didn't get that here. But uh, I don't know. <sighs> Here's my impressions of this, and this is where I'm at so far with this. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig is trying to emulate Christian Bale for the uh-huh. next night. Yeah. He's, he's trying to turn James Bond into this brooding, self-aware, you know, I have a lot of pain in my life type of thing because I have lost loves. Okay, right there, let's stop with the lost loves. Fuck mm-hmm. lost loves. James Bond has never been a, a one-girl man. Even in, I mean, you go back and look at all the previous ones. He slept with I don't know how many women. Yeah. And he's never loved them like that. It's always been, oh, here, I'm going to fool around, and, you know, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, even at the end, you look at Moonraker. You, you know, you look at Moonraker. You look at A View to a Kill. You look at, God, pick one. He's ending up in bed at the very end of the films with somebody. And, you know, Desmond Llewellyn finds him or, or you know, M finds him or whatever. That's how it was, you know, is that they always had this, like, kind of cutesy fling. Not in these. Not in any of these do we mm-hmm. see that. It's 
he doesn't end up with a girl. He ends up, you know, at this one here, okay, he finishes off the bad guy and he takes off and he leaves Vesper's necklace sitting there in the snow. Yeah. I, oh, God. Okay, you know, if this is the point, maybe, maybe this is what they're trying to do in that they were trying to put out a... This is why James Bond doesn't let the women get too close to him. This is why he's got so many different women out there. That's the only thing I can get from this. Um, You know, uh, I I just had a real hard time with that. Yeah. um... There there were some cool things in the film that I did like, like the, the little nod to... Goldfinger, where they had, uh, where they had uh, Forster, they had the fields laying dead on the bed, covered in oil. Yeah. And I kind of looked at that. I went, "Oh, Goldfinger." Yep. You know, that was that was a nice touch, but other than that, eh, I I don't know. Yeah, there's um, the a couple of trivia bits here. Uh, the film's title was selected only a few days before its announcement on January 24, 2008. For a long time, it had been considered unsuitable for a 007 film. Daniel Craig admitted he was unsure about it, but it seemed to fit in the context of the film. Bond is looking for his quantum of solace. That's what he wants. Ian Fleming says that if you don't have a quantum of solace in your relationship, you might as well give up. Bond doesn't have that because his girlfriend has been killed, obviously. Therefore, he is looking for revenge to make himself happy with the world again. Quantum is also the name of the organization of the film, kind of a new age smirsh or the fictitious specter, as we already said. Um, This film marks the first time since You Only Live Twice, 1967, that Bond does not introduce himself with the catchphrase Bond, James Bond. The line was shot for several different scenes, but was completely cut out as Forster and the producers found it unnecessary. The Bond films from Russia with Love and Thunderball also did not use the line. The other staple Bond line stating vodka martini shaken not stirred does not appear in this movie either. Oh, see, no, I maybe I'm getting this confused with uh, the previous one because he wasn't there a spot where he was at a bar and he's ordering it? Maybe that was... He's, he's ordering it, the bar... That was Casino Royale. He's ordering it, the bartender says, shake and not stir. He says, do I... Does it look like I give a damn? That was Casino Royale. He okay. did do that. They, they do that, but not for this one. Um, okay. The, uh... Let's see here. What, what was the other thing I wanted? Oh, the crazy credits. Uh, the iconic James Bond gun barrel sequence not seen in its traditional format since Nine of the Day is incorporated into the closing credits. Now... I just like, the the Bond franchise doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what era doesn't matter what actor it is they've always and I mentioned this earlier they've always done the thing where it's you, you have an opening action scene and then it works itself into sometimes it works itself into and sometimes it's just a, a straight fade away into the gun barrel sequence, because it's the whole point is building up the music, building up to the James Bond theme, and this does not do that at all. It goes into that shitty Jack White Alicia Keys song, and having it at the end, it's like, yeah, no, 
Yeah, just it, don't. It it would have been okay if they had done that gun barrel sequence at the end of Casino Royale, and the only reason I say that is because that was kind of the spot where we see you know James got his double O status, and then at mm-hmm. the end it was kind of like, hey, I'm coming back, I'm gonna be Bond, I'm stepping in, and I'm gonna be the double agent that you know, the, yeah, the, the special agent that I need to be for MI6. Then yeah. it would have been appropriate to have it at the end, not right. here in Quantum. No, not at all. Uh, I just, other than, <laughs> I can't even go over the cast because to me there is no cast here. You got Craig. That's I, I think that's pretty you much got the big Craig, one. and you got and, and you got Judy Dench, and we've talked about them. You know, I mean, I guess we could talk about the fact that he was a stormtrooper. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a really short podcast, folks, because yeah. this movie is just so bad. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, okay. Like I said, I remember, uh, you know, at the time when I first saw this, and I didn't even see this in theaters, when I first saw this, um, I I said to myself after watching it, I don't ever want to watch a James Bond film ever again. And if a movie makes me say that, that there's especially a franchise as beloved as Jay, it's just nah. Oh God, somebody yeah. shoot me now. Yeah, I, I mean, like, okay, Emma Arterton when she shows up as the MI agent, MI six agent. Mm-hmm. I, when they gave her the fucking name. <laughs> Strawberry Fields. I went, what the fuck? Really? Why is it a, was it was it Deanna Carter that had the Strawberry Wine Country song? That's the only thing I can think of. Oh. Well, <laughs> or or in um, Bush's uh, Glycerine, he mentions something about Strawberry Fields. That's the only yeah. thing I can think well, of. Strawberry Fields is a reference to the original Beatles song, Strawberry Fields right. Forever, which. Okay, I get that, but god damn, that was a stretch. Come on. Yeah, you know, and I just thought all I could think was Strawberry Fields, really? This is not the pussy galore era of bad James, you know, bad names. This is not Austin Powers. This is fucking one of them saw us James Bond. This is supposed to be gritty, not humorous. We so need to do Austin Powers April this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can do that. I, I can definitely do that. I mean, Tom Cruise is a better James Bond than Daniel Craig. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I, I, I'm looking here. I'm looking at the names. There's really okay. Jeffrey Wright. We we talked about him being right. You know, Judy Dench, Daniel Craig. Um, Everybody else, I'm looking at the cast. I don't recognize another single fucking name. Uh, yeah, I don't recognize anybody out of this entire movie. And I think that was kind of their point when they tried to do this. was like, hey, let's just make a movie with a bunch of no-names and put our star in there. And like I said, Craig's portrayal of Bond is, you know. I, the only thing that I can the, say is it gets better. Well, yeah, it, it does get better. It, it does get better with, with with Skyfall. But here's the thing. Casino Royale, they tried to set up this whole relations, mother-son, because if you notice in Casino Royale, he keeps calling her mom and mom and M. He keeps calling M mom and mom and mom. And this one he calls her ma'am several times. And it's like, 
what are you doing? And then the next one, because the next one is, see, if you're going to tell a James Bond story that's not individual of each film, do what Skyfall does. They basically give us a Bond back backstory that we've never really had before in any of the films. You know, and... Oh, quantum. Yeah. Oh, God. I will never, ever watch this movie ever again. You know, I... I, I... I'm glad I watched it so that I know to avoid it now. <laughs> I, there really is not much more that we can say. No, I mean, there really isn't, folks. The, the only other thing which I will mention was the, the was the fact that they had an Aston Martin in it. Aston Martin got their name out there for it at the beginning, and then Ford had to come in later on, which I thought was really blatant. Because they're in the well, middle of the fucking Bolivian desert. And here's yeah. a bunch of Ford vehicles running around, and I was like, "That's because I, re- I re- I've already closed the, the the window out." But I I read on the trivia. I didn't read it out loud, but I read on the trivia that the Aston Martin DBS or DB5 or whatever it's supposed to be does appear, but Ford had like a hundred million dollar. They had some big promotion in with the movie at the time. Yeah, it, it, it was some promotional deal or whatever else. That's essentially why Ford showed up in the middle of it. Uh, so yeah, it was but, yeah. it was just ridiculous. I was like, Good <sighs> God. You know, really uh, Yeah. Yeah, there okay. I, I think we're pretty much done with this. Let, yeah. Let's stop feeding the dead horse. Yeah. Join us next week when we actually get to a good movie in Skyfall. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, we're going to go ahead and cut off here now. I know it's going to be short, and I apologize for everybody for that, but we we really don't want to talk anymore about this movie. Um, Mike, have you got anything good that you want to talk about for uh, oh, There's Geekcast? So, so much going on. We're starting our third annual Geekcast Radio Network Awards. Uh, we uh, announced, Steve and I announced uh, several new podcasts that are going to be coming uh, for Geekcast Radio in 2016. One of them is a Boy and Girl Meets World Review podcast. It's going to take us 70 podcasts to go through all seven seasons, every single episode of Boy Meets World. Uh, And then we'll get to Girl Meets World after that. We're going to be doing a Phineas and Ferb review show called Podcast Organization Without a Cool Acronym. Um, (laughs) I like that. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, We're going to have a video game podcast. We're going to have Extreme Retro Gaming make a comeback. Um... The pull bag, it's, it actually kind of fits in. I'm going to be, uh, someone is going to be reviewing the first two issues of the, I think it's is it Dynamite. I forget who, I, th- I think it's Dynamite. Uh, let me look here. Hang on. Uh, we're going to be doing um, recently, well, it was announced last year, but uh, this year, uh, Dynamite, uh, yeah, Dynamite Comics uh, or Dynamite Entertainment or whatever it is. They have a new ongoing James Bond comic. Um, I'm trying to find it here. Sorry, folks. All right, James Bond 007. Let's see. View series in store. Yeah, it is from Dynamite Entertainment. Uh, beginning Varger, the first story in the ongoing James Bond comic series by best-selling writer Warren Ellis. James Bond returns to London after a mission of vengeance in Helsinki to take up the workload of a fallen 00 section agent. But something evil is moving through the back streets of the city, and sinister plans are being laid for Bond in Berlin. 
Uh, so I don't know who's going to be reviewing the first two issues with me, but we're going to be doing that inside the pull bag. Uh, in February, we're going to have the first ever My Little Pony comics coverage with Fiendship is Friendship February. Um, just head over to geekcastradio.com, folks. We've got seven plus years of podcast and all that good stuff. We just wrapped up our top 100 television series uh, uh, countdown last year, so we did that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much what's going on. Okay, well, folks, we're going to go ahead and end this. Please come back and join us next week. I, I, Please I, come back and join us next week because we'll have a lot more positive. The show will be more than 45 minutes next week. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I'm going to mention this again because I know we mentioned it last week. <laughs> if you have anything to defend the film with, please <laughs> post it out there. Let us know. I Write really... an iTunes review. <laughs> Write into us. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this film. I really don't think anybody can defend Quantum. Casino, I can see. I can, I can see people defending Casino. That's fine. Yeah. But there is no defense for Quantum. Okay, let me let me say this then. If you agree with us, <laughs> go ahead. We'll read your stuff on the air for it. Yeah. I, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this film. Uh, so please join us next week. We will be coming back with one of the better ones. One of the best ones, I think, so far especially the Daniel Craig era, we're going to be doing Skyfall next week. So come back and join us. We'll talk, and we will talk about how we love things like Q. Yep. There will be no exploding pens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>